All right, it's good to see you this morning. And uh, I encourage you to stay after church and get to know somebody different than you do now. It might be a little bit more. I am so glad that you're here. As you're finding a seat, I just want to let you know you have time to find a seat, get comfortable, get a cup of coffee. Uh, you need, on another note, if you need to use the restroom in the middle of the message, that's another story, but we'll, 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 let's do that. Just get comfortable. If you have a, a pen and paper, if you have a, a notepad on your phone, which if you have an iPhone, I know you do, uh, God's going to speak to you today. And as he gives you a word for you, I want you to put it in your phone, in your notepad, so that you can recall it this week. Now realize this. I've said it many times, and it's kind of a corny saying, but a short pencil is better than a long memory. Huh? Oh, I'll remember that. And then, you know, in the morning you go, I forget that. I forgot it, whatever it was. And uh, so put it down. And even if you run across it in three months, six months, a year, It'll trigger, hopefully, something that will come back in your mind. Last week, Gwen did a great job in starting off our new series. And, and she spoke on Psalms 23, if you were here. And Psalms 23, I just want to, again, just transition into this message. Is that The thought was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. And then surely goodness and mercy will all the days of my life. Now, a lot of times in a culture, you might, I'm telling you, Christian, turn this down a little bit. It's good to have a Christian running the soundboard, isn't it? We're going to test that out. All right, I kind of lost my thought on that. I could have went a whole other way. But, but realizing the goodness of God, sometimes we get to a place where we say, God is so good and everything all the time, God is good. But we come to the point of saying, if God, you know, in a culture that says, if it sounds too good to be true, well, then it's probably not. The culture, the system that we're playing with in our lives is we begin to shy away that God could be that good in our lives. When we go through the tough times especially, we go, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe so, maybe no. Systems. This morning and through this morning, I want, I want you to see something about our eyes. And, and we're talking about everybody here this morning. Um, spiritual blindness can keep us, listen, can keep us from where we need to go. There's something about the culture of coming to a place like this and, and joining together. You, you can watch it online, but let me just encourage you to make yourself available to come on Sunday mornings. This is going to be uh, a revolutionary for some of us because as we just got out of the series, and I want to continue that thought periodically to bring us back to it, is recognition brings revelation. If you do not recognize it, you'll blow right through things that God is doing in your life and life-changing wisdom that sets us apart from the dark world that we live in. This morning, I want to start by singing a song. Now, I'm going to talk a song because I'm not going to sing it. Easy, easy. Relax. Listen to this. It is entitled, Yes and Amen. And I want you to be 
primed this morning because at the end of the message, we're going to sing this. And it says this, Father of kindness, you have poured out of grace. You're, you brought me out of what? Darkness. I want you to remember that. You have brought me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. See, sometimes the comfortable, even if we're in darkness, the familiar, we think that's peace. That's not peace. You have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy. You're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but sing. And then it goes into faithful. You are faithful. Forever you will be faithful. And you're faithful. At the very end, after you sing all these words, and really you're confessing it. Now, now you might be here today, and you might be a man. You might be a woman. You guys are on it. Recognition brings revelation. That's me. Well, well, I guess everybody. Huh? If you're here this morning, realize that when you sing, you know, we sing that song uh, that says, my melody is my weapon. My confession lets me hear. I know that my wife needs to hear me say it. I know my children need to hear. I know the church. But most important, I need to hear. My mouth needs to speak and confess. My ears hear it and go, okay, okay. We're going to sing that song. and I'm going to refer to the characters as maybe even singing that song. And being in a parallel situation that they come out of darkness and they go, God, you are faithful. This morning, I don't know where you are in your life. You, you might be in darkness. You might have had a week that you're extremely positive and it's good. I, I, I've been, you know, this morning is the wonderful people of our church. You go, well, Pastor, how did your week go? It was a week of extremes. I mean, a roller coaster is the best picture. I mean, I was... You ever rode that? The first time you go down, you're going, why did I do this? Oh, this is fun. Why did I do this? <laughs> can, can I say that God is moving in, in our church in, in, in a time in our country of darkness, in the time of the world in darkness? Just let me add this a little bit. This coming week on Thursday is called Rosh Hashanah. And it's, a, it's the festival of trumpets in the Jewish religion and, and celebrating. And, but let me tell you, there's a lot of people that believe that this will be a period this year, next year. Some, and I, I'm not, just say this, God could come this week. So if we see each other in heaven before Sunday... He's like, Pastor, you were right on. If not, I'll see you here next Sunday. We, we've been talking about this, and, and again, to bring us back, some of us are, are going to have to catch up because we forgot, but some of us will, will get it firsthand, and some of us will say, I, I've been walking in that all week. Is this is it? Is when we get the goodness of God in our life and we understand we can. Hold on, and we, 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 there's, we're trying our best to, to get the revelation of how good God is, and it's not, a, a, I got that thing. It's a 
constant thing that's in our lives that we're learning and we're watching and we're seeing the goodness of God working in our life where we would have never guessed. Lisa brought that out. That, that to, to begin to understand the goodness of God, watch this. Then we get to the revelation. He's so good that he's going to provide for us in the future. When we understand that he'll provide for us in the future, what we're doing is then we have hope in the future. When we get to that place, you might be saying, well, I don't know if I'm really there yet or not. Or you might be like most people. <laughs> Here's the signification, the indicator. The gauge on your dashboard that says you get it is when you have a thankful heart. I'm not being, oh, God, you're good, thankful, I'm thankful. No, it's a, man, I can't believe I got up this morning again. God, you're so good. The thankfulness of God that comes into our life because now the hope that we have in the future, we, we understand we got it because of thankfulness, but now we have something to put our faith in. That hope, He will provide for me. He's a good father. He is taking care of my family. COVID will not come and overtake my family. Can I talk to you, Mr. COVID? Sometimes you got to talk to the mountain. Well, I don't know about COVID. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of, kind of. We put our faith in the hope that the goodness of God will be seen here in the land of the living. And in seeing the goodness of God, putting our faith into that, it gives us hope in the future. Therefore, we have power in the present. I think so many times Christians walk around and they have not got that revelation. So then they do not look in. Let me listen. Let me, let me speak to you here. There's some Christians that don't look any different than a person that does not have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is in their life. It is very important for everyone here to realize you might be, and you might be only honest with yourself this morning. Just be honest with you. I don't know if I really have grasped how good God is. That, that's where you start working on that. Begin looking, longing, and expecting for the goodness of God in your life. Now, let me keep going because, again, I, that is so important. I want to just stay on that, but I, there's so much more I need to say. As we begin to read the Word of God, we begin to see how God works in our lives. It's a renewing, it's a refreshing of our mind, a reset. That past experiences can wash on down. Strongholds are being loosed and broken in our life. I said it before, and I love this quote from Bill Johnson. He says, having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven, but on how much of heaven he or she wants in his or her life right now. A renewed mind. Renewing your mind gives you rest in His promises. Now this morning, Jesus comes on the scene 2,000 plus years ago. And as He enters into His ministry, He goes into the temple. Now watch this. This is so amazing to me. Every time I think about this, you know in our culture today, when somebody gets on the platform and they say something real big, they, what, they drop the microphone? You know, exclamation point. Boom, it's done. Now, I don't know if Jesus did that. I don't think he had a microphone. But this is the closest thing I've seen in the Word of God for Jesus going, boom! The Bible says that he shows up and it's his turn to read the Word of God. He goes up and he gets the scrolls and he's purposely looking for a passage. 
And all the sages are out there scratching their chinny-chin-chin, ready to see what he's going to read. And he turns to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I don't know if you turn in the scroll or not, but he unrolled it right there. And it says, here he is. He's reading something and all, amen, amen, until they get to the end. He gets to the end of the reading and it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Have you ever been poor and someone gave you good news? All of a sudden, what did you do? You had hope in the future and there's a power that came over you. I got good news. I have, I've been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners. Is there anything more that a prisoner wants than to be free? Jesus said, I've come to do that. And recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There, there's so many of us that go, you know, I'm looking for the Lord's favor in my life. What we're really saying is we're waiting and looking for the manifestation of the favor of God in our life. The favor of God is on you. Listen. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Done. Microphone dropped. Exclamation point. You can rest in that promise. It's finished. I've done it. I've come. I've been anointed. I've been sent by the creator of the universe to tell you this is the year. Mankind has been waiting for me to come and I'm here. Now this morning in seeing that and hearing that, I want to use again, I'm going to start by reflecting back a couple weeks ago when we talked about the blind man. This is a guy in John chapter 9, and we're going to talk about three blind men. You thought I was going to say mice. Three blind men. The first one is in John chapter 9, the second one is in Mark chapter 10, and the third one is Mark chapter 8. There might be some similarities. They might even be similar. We don't know the chronological exact order. But the first one that I want to talk about is the one that we talked about a few weeks ago. And I want you to see this because as Jesus and his disciples are going through the land, the disciples see a man that is born blind. He's helpless. He doesn't have any hope in his future. <laughs> he has no power in the present. Every day he comes probably to the same spot with his cup rattling. The Bible says that the disciples look and they go, Hey, hey, Jesus, teacher, instructor, discipler, I'm a disciple. Which one sinned, his parents or this man? Now listen, as we brought this out, I don't want to go too deep because you can go back and listen on Facebook if you want to listen to that sermon, but... But Jesus says, neither one, of them die, uh, neither one of them sinned, but this has come for the glory of God to be revealed through what's going to happen to him. He's going to be healed. The Bible says that he heals the blind man. He goes off. 
then there's a bunch of persecution that comes because all the people, the religious leaders are going around and instead of going, wow, the guy is healed. Celebrating with him. All they could see is, I don't know if that's right. And they begin to criticize and they begin to say, well, Jesus shouldn't have healed him even on the Sabbath. He's a sinner. He shouldn't be, you know, he's, he's doing all these things wrong. And they go to the man and say, did he, did he do it? He goes, I don't know about Jesus. I don't know who he is. But what I do know is I was blind, but now I can see. Kind of shuts up the, the naysayers, right? Later, Jesus sees this blind man and begins to explain the Messiah to him. And he says, who is this? I am him. I believe. Right there is a commitment of saying, you know, with what I've seen now out of my physical eyes of what you've done, I believe. Everything has changed for this man. What was familiar now becomes unfamiliar. But can we all agree it is better than what he had? When I understand and read this, it's something that goes off on the inside of us that are believers. There's something that goes off on the inside when you're going through some very critical times in your life and you go, you know, I, I just, I keep messing up. I keep going through these things. I keep going through that thing. I keep messing up. I shouldn't have said that to my wife. I, I shouldn't have again fallen into that trap of sin, that addiction. I, I shouldn't have said that. I, I shouldn't have done that. I should have Is there something in us? I know it's he's in me. There, there's something that speaks to me in that time and says, don't give up. The breakthrough is about ready to come. There's something that's down deep inside in the gut that says, hey, hey, hey. It's tough now, but you don't want to give up. The second blind man that I want you to see is mentioned in Mark chapter 10, and if you're able to look in your Bibles, it's verse 46. Jesus is on his way, really, to Jerusalem. And this is in the book of Mark, and it is leading to the cross. He's in Jericho, and it says, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city of blind men. And it's kind of interesting. They give us a snapshot of who it was. His name is Bartimaeus. Oh, Bart. He was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! Are you ready when you need something for God to show up, to move the mountain, to break the stronghold in your life? Are you ready for the persecution that oftentimes follows? Because as soon as he's yelling, notice what happens. Many there rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Be quiet. If you've ever had any children, you know that look on the mama's face. <laughs> We realized as parents, the older or the younger you start, you don't even have to say be quiet. You just got to look. <laughs> My mother, we, we, we attended a huge church, and they set up 
I mean, it's a good 150 feet from me in the balcony in the corner. And I said, why do you guys sit up there, Mom and Dad? And they go, because we can look down and see you sitting in the youth section. Hundred and fifty miles, it felt like away they could still give me the eye. This guy knew the eye. Even though he was blind, he knew the culture. Be quiet. Do you know why that they they, they weren't just rude, but the tradition is confirmed because in the first story of the blind man who sinned? This man or his parents? See, in the second story, be quiet. The culture was that if you had a disability, you sinned. And that's what brought on that disability. The reason you are blind is because you're a sinner. Quiet. You don't have a right to yell out. Jesus is coming by. He says, I'm yelling out. Sometimes we need to get in a place where we don't care about the persecution that's going to come, we open up our big pie hole and we say, Jesus, I need you. I've got to have you today, Jesus. And he yells out, Son of David, have mercy on me. They believed that the Messiah would have to come through David, so what he was saying, again, was very offensive to some people there. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Oh, blind man, Bart, you don't know how good I am, but you're about ready to. Because here's what he says. That was John Miller, if you didn't read it. But here's what he says. Jesus says, call him. So they called the blind man. And, and you notice how the, the, the majority, the peer pressure changes all of a sudden when Jesus says, come? Oh, cheer up, cheer up, blind man, on your feet. He's calling you. Bobard Maus throws his coat aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. You know, somebody had to lead him. Now, the next sentence is so critical in your life. Some of you, if I don't point this out, can miss it. The next sentence is for you this morning. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, can you imagine all the people in the crowd that are already naysayers and negative and old, you know, crotchety people? Quiet! When Jesus asks that question, they're probably like, oh my goodness, he needs new shoes. Can't you see he's blind? We... we have to get to a place where we don't care about those that are just, they're going to be there. Has anybody watched the news in the last two months? They will argue that the sky's blue. And, and all they got to do is see, oh, look, there's an inroad. I can get them on that. We criticize our junior hires for acting sometimes like that. Don't get discouraged by watching a lot of that. Okay. Whew. If I could get on my soapbox, I would really get on that one right there, man. Woo! <laughs> what do you want me to do? Jesus asked him. 
Now, now this is very important because we're going to refer back to this. But listen to this. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus says, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. What a testimony. Well, I don't know about him. And the blind man, Bartimaeus, is following him up, walking beside, and the people are probably at the second a lot more interested in him than all those naysayers that were there beforehand. But come here, you're blind, can you see? Man, do you see the colors? I'm telling you. Man, I didn't know what he looked like. He's uglier than I thought. <laughs> that guy over there, he was a guy who sang quiet, wasn't he? Yeah, I know that guy. All right. Now listen to this. This is very critical because this is the before I talk about the third blind man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. 1 Corinthians 1:20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I wish I could have time to say that about ten different ways because the ninth time, somebody here will go. I've been praying that you get this revelation. A word from God that I might not even say, but that it'll light the bulb in your head. The message translation says it this way. The yes, God stamps on the inside of us. So a lot of you are going through and go, you know, I really want to do this, but I, I really don't have the money. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too old. I've messed up too much in my life. There's a reason why that is on the inside of you. God put that on the inside of you. He stamped that. Then all the promises are already yes. It's up to us, you and I, for the glory of God to say so be it in our life. If you could, I think that's why Paul said, if you could just. I've been praying that you get the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know that passage, spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you might know God better, that you might know the good, the, 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 oh, to have a hope, right? The hope that you would know the purpose of God's calling on your life, that, that yes, that's on the inside. I understand, I, a lot of times in a church world, what we think is the yes and God's putting it is being a pastor, a singer. No, 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 no. It's in the area that God has placed to you that lights you up. Man, I can't believe I do that. I, I, that is the yes. God's saying yes. It's up to you if you say amen. So be it. I'm going to walk that out. I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. But through the power of God, it can change that quick. Go, you're healed. Blame man number three, Mark chapter eight. It, this is titled, Jesus Heals a Blind Man at Bethsaida. It says, 
they came, I'm, I'm believing the entourage and all the people that are following, they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. They must have not known who Jesus was to have to beg. In verse 23, I want you to see the next sentence is for somebody here today. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. We'll come back there. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up. He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, next verse, look at this. Don't even go into the village. Now, I've read that so many times. And here's what I believe. There was a lot of persecution. There was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of anti-faith in that village. There was a miracle that just took place. And Jesus knew that this guy had to have the... Well, he just had to have the size of a mustard seed to be healed that day. And it wasn't going to happen right there in the village. I'm going to have to get him outside the village because of the tradition that's going on in his mind. The past experiences are playing over and over and over, and he he doesn't he can't even, he can't even muster a mustard seed. And all he's doing is thinking what he thought in the past. Can I tell you this? It goes with us being spiritual blinded in our lives and not understanding how good God is and everything else seems in our life to become weak and, and it falls apart after that because then we have no hope in the future, we have no power in the present. But Jesus knew he had to get him outside of the tradition of what he grew up in and what he lived in outside of the village. And then he says, don't go back. Do you, do you remember Abraham's story where he gets him out of Ur of Chaldees and he says, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to tell you to go? All of those people that lived there were idol worshipers, all his family. They, he had to get him out of that. Ready? You don't need vision if you have tradition. Because... Everything is familiar. It, it, you don't want, A blind man that goes to the same spot every day and he begs, he knows the system that he's in. This is where I live. This is where I go. This is where I sit. People pass, I rattle, they give me money. This is what I do. I don't like it, but this is just my life. 
To get a blind man out of the darkness, think about it. See, a blind man will stay in the familiar because I know three steps and I'm where I should be. But to break somebody out of spiritual blindness is the same way because they say, no, 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 I know I'm not where I should be. I just am familiar here. I know it's darkness. But this is familiar. I feel peace because I'm comfortable never realizing that's not peace. You, you haven't even experienced peace yet. You, you have to let go of the blindness to step into the light. And I know that's a cliche. And I shouldn't have said it because, yeah, yeah, amen. But to be able to get out of, if you're not stumbling around occasionally, not having a clue where you are, You might need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know? Mm. If life isn't scary, you ain't living. You you have to occasionally be saying, God, I'm not comfortable where I am, but I'm walking where you've asked me to go. I need faith in God. So, so let me begin to wrap this up. And I'm going to call the worship team up. And we're going to sing this song. Oh, you're, yes. And amen. Oh. Get ready. He leads the blind man out of the village of Bethsaida. There, there's no faith here because there's no hope here. And sometimes we need to realize, have we been in Bethsaida too long? And it's time for us to get out of that mindset. I can imagine the day that the blind man begins to, all three of them, just a little light comes in. And all of a sudden, there's a little hope. And they say to themselves, could this be? There was one that was born blind. He doesn't... Ever. He has no way of knowing what he's even seeing. Is this what seeing is? Could it be? What is that? That, that blue. Look at the water. Look at the sky. Look, look at that green grass. Look at my future wife. <laughs> Did I spend my life in that spot because it was comfortable see let, let me say this now now we're going to go a little bit you got to grasp this for weeks to come when jesus came he brought a new covenant the old covenant was so amazing to the people of israel but it was for the people of israel the old testament the old covenant Let me read what I've got. A new agreement between God and his entire image-bearing rebel race would be established for every nation, for every generation. This agreement was the big one, the final one, the everlasting one, the one that would fulfill God's promise to Abraham and replace God's covenant with Israel. This was the unconditional one. An unconditional covenant. A promissory covenant. 
It was a better covenant. It, was, it wasn't a national. It was a personal. It wasn't an external. It was an internal. It wasn't physical. It was spiritual. It wasn't for insiders, but it was for outsiders. You, for your information, you're outsiders. It wasn't temporary. It was eternal. It wasn't, quote, I will if you will, but a quote, I will even if you don't. It wasn't do, but done. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's easier to preach with this crowd over here. I'll tell you what. Woo, suki, suki, here we go. It wasn't no longer about saving your life, but giving your life. So this morning, I want you to see, as we have a better covenant of the goodness of God, the love of God in our life working, could God be that good? Yes. Could God really want that for me and my wife and my children? Yes. And every time that you get to that place, you say, yes. You say, Amen. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so, and so through Him, the Amen is spoken, spoken by us to the glory of God. Did this guy sin or did his parents? No, 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 no. The miracle that's going to take place in his life of healing his eyes, listen, to keep him from being blind, what's going to happen is for the glory of God. So when we hear the promises of God, we say, amen in my life. Why? To bring glory to God. For his children. So when he says, you can do that. See, somebody might come up to my children and go, do you think you better check with your dad on that? They can say, no. <laughs> this morning, now the worship team is going to come forward. And here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to be a participant. Oh, pastor, I'm not really a singer. I, I'm not really, you know, into, I, I, come on, quit that. Let your mouth speak so that your ears can hear your confession. I, I want you, maybe some of you will hear this in a way that, what if the blind man was here on the, or all three of them, huh? You know the three tenors, you know they sing. What if you had the three blind men and they were all up here and they were singing this song? All his promises are yes and amen. Can, can I dare you to stand and let your ears hear out of your mouth how good God is in your life? Hallelujah.